0: This is the Jocko Debrief Podcast, episode eleven with Leif Babin and me, Jocko Willink. Laif? Let's debrief. What let's do you got? Some.
1: So this particular leader uh was was just overtasked. A lot of things going on, you know, with with this particular leader, and she was uh she just she had uh she had a lot of things on her plate and there were a lot of people moving a lot of different directions. Um, and so what she was asking for was some help interviewing her people and, and trying to understand their strengths and weaknesses and trying to set them up for success to, to move them forward. So it was, it was, um, we obviously, we talked to her about how, how we could help her and, and, and how we were going to, uh, improve the situation. And I think particularly because of some of the COVID issues and people are working remotely and there's a lot of people that are, uh, that are not in person, it's obviously harder to engage with people and you know, you've got, you still got pieces and parts of the company that are moving in different directions. Um, so, uh, you know, she had her focus on that strategic growth that she needed to, um, as we were digging into this, you, it was pretty clear too, that this leader was, this leader was very focused on efficiency uh, and and really wanted us to uh, to just, to to understand like, like, Build relationships for a team and, and so I was talking to her, I was like listen we can I can interview your your team and we can certainly focus uh, a training effort we can run that uh, but i i can't i can't build relationships with you with the team and this is a, it was a you know there were there were this was there were some fairly new people on board the team as well, so you know this there's there's some element that's just you're never going to be able to delegate uh some element of like okay, this is who I am, I need to get to know you. Uh, and, and we need to move forward together. So we know each other, we have a relationship, you know, and I, 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 you know, I talked a lot about our relationship. Um, and as you know, so many of the things that we were able to do and be successful in tasking a bruiser was just based on our, on our, the strength of our relationship, you know, moving forward. And and so you, you, you know, you initially had very tight reins over me, um, and provided a lot of guidance and mentorship to the point where I was like super frustrated. And I talked to her about this. You know, I, I was I was frustrated. I felt like Jocko was micromanaging me. You know, and yet when we were, when we deployed after we have been working together for about a year, like your guidance to me in Ramadi was often, "Hey, this battalion, TF One Three Task Force One Three Seven, the bandits, they're going to have the lead on going into South Central Ramadi. Why don't you go talk to their company commanders and see where we can help them?" And that was the broad guidance you're giving me. Which I'm coming back to you in this gigantic operation with a thousand soldiers and 50 tanks and, you know, all kinds of giant, you know, engineering vehicles and, and, and support. Um, and I'm telling you like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to support here, here, here. And, and, you know, you would look over those plans and, and, and tweak things or say, Hey, we, why don't we want you take some more guys here? We could put some more resource here. Um, and you could, you could guide those plans, but you gave me massive free reign to run with that because you knew I was going to, you know, the decisions I was going to make, uh, and, and we we had a relationship. You trusted me to be able to to execute. And I trusted you uh, to know that, you know, I understood what your vision was, what the strategic goal was. So that's what I talked to this leader about. You know, I, I told her like, look, you just can't, you can't delegate building relationships. It's really important that you do that. So we'll interview these folks. We'll actually, you know, talk about where strengths and weaknesses are. We'll figure out, um, you know, where we can best drive some lift in your company with solving some problems to leadership with a leadership uh, development uh, uh, development alignment program, an LDAP program that, that, uh, you know, that Dave runs, but I can't, uh, I can't delegate the relationship. building.
0: What was the difference between what, what was the indicator that told you that she wasn't asking for just an assessment, which is what we do all the time. You know, we go into a company, we're gonna interview everyone, we're gonna find out what's going on, we're gonna interview frontline people, we're gonna interview mid-level managers, we're gonna interview the folks in the C-suite and everybody in in between, well not everybody in between, but a a cross section of people. What gave you the indication that this was more an attempt to outsource relationship building? What was it in the verbiage or in the conversations that, that clued you into that? The verbiage was, "I don't have time. I just
1: don't have time for this."
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a pretty clear verbiage.
1: <laughs> yeah. So you know, it, it was. It was um, obviously. Look, we all get busy, and we all have to. Uh, we all get pulled in a lot of different directions, and I think that's that's always the hard part of, you know, you and I've wrestled with this as we launched Echelon Front, you know, nine years ago. When you're down the weeds trying to get problems solved and you realize like, hey, we wanted to move in a strategic direction, but we're not going that way. Like someone has to do that. And that's important. So, so it was great that, that she was focused on strategic growth. Uh, and that's awesome. But like, you know, as, as you have said many times, you got to make time for the things that are important. And, and you just can't, you can't delegate building relationships with people to say, hey, get to know that person, understand who they are understand you know their know their families no you know you got to be close with your troops i mean as we talk about with the dichotomy leadership close with your troops but not so close that that uh, they become one becomes more important than the other or the good of the mission but you you have to be close with your troops you you have to know them you have to understand them and uh and i think that's just one of those your team is never going to be successful if you don't uh you know if, if if you don't do that you have to make time to do that
0: yeah, it's interesting, uh, the podcast, the Jocko podcast that we just did, number 151. General Clark, this this you know renowned leader, and he breaks down for uh, a company commander and a platoon leader, the most important thing, and he uses a quote from Valley Forge, the most important thing was to build that bond, to love and take care of your troops. And so when someone chimes in with, I ain't got time that's gonna be an issue that's gonna be an issue Uh, leadership strategy and tactics here's a quote relationships up and down the chain of command are the foundation of a team I mean (laughs) there you go so that's good
1: we talk about that cover move as well like what how do you cover move for each other Right. You have to have relationships it's relationships are paramount. And if you don't have relationships, you can't cover move with each other. That's, that's what drives the entire thing. And as, uh, to quote the great Jocko Willink, uh, <laughs> relationships are stronger than the chain of command. So the power of relationships is even stronger than you as my boss saying, Leif, I order you to go do this far more important to, to have a good relationship with me to say, Hey,
0: I need you to do this and here's why think about the difference that's if you think about that direct contrast think about the strength of my directive as your superior officer versus the strength of my directive as your brother that wants to help you win and we have a strong relationship those two things are not even they're so far distant from each other they're they're almost unrecognizable They're, they're almost unrecognizable me the commander ordering you to do something the strength of that order is 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 pitiful compared to the strength of a bond of an execution based on relationship you can't even compare the two can't even compare them so that's good advice hopefully she Heeded your advice and started to build some relationships. All I think right, well, so. What's the next one?
1: The next one is uh, is about tactical patience. Uh, we had a leader that uh, it was in a tough situation with um, with the company, and uh, he was he was offered. Uh, so so his his boss suddenly left the company, and it was it was unexpected. I think not only for for him, so his boss is leaving, but his boss's boss was kind of in a, in a tough predicament. All of a sudden, this is a key leader. This, this has been, uh, you know, running the organization for a while and all of a sudden another opportunity comes up and that this key leader in their organization is gone. And they're going through a tough time. Mm-hmm. They're in a pivotal time right now. I mean, this this company is, they're a good company and they've got some great people, but uh, they're obviously, uh, it. it, it, it they have been impacted severely by mm-hmm. COVID lockdowns and some of the economic issues that we've been dealing with here in 2020. So, um, it was, it was a very tumultuous situation. And they're like, oh, man, this is terrible. This is, this is horrible. So, so, uh, this leader reached out and said, um, Hey, I want to step up and take on that role. I can step up and make this happen. And I, you know, I want to go talk to, you know, you know, now it's the boss's boss. So the the, her, his immediate boss left. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so it's, it's the boss's boss. Now that's the the big boss, man. I'm going to go talk to the big boss, man, and make sure that I, I'm going to step into that role. I'm going to make things happen. And, uh, and so I, I told, I told him, look, man, you got to exercise some tactical patience here. Obviously the last, the last thing you want to do is, is rush right into that situation. I mean, they just got thrown a massive curveball. Of like a key leader just got pulled out of an organization. We're already struggling. They got a lot on their plate. There's, they're probably thinking about the strategic survival of the company at this point. Um, so you going in and, tr- and trying to lobby for a leadership position? It's it, it's probably not the right time to do that. Number one. Number two. Um, try to understand the strategic perspective of the big boss man and 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 where you know where this company's gonna go and, and what his his thoughts are. I was like, so exercise some tactical patience. And that's some term we use in the military. It's one of the hardest things to do because I'm a pretty default aggressive person. We talk about being default aggressive. You gotta make things happen, You know, seize the initiative. Problems don't solve themselves. You gotta go out and solve those problems. So it's very hard to balance that dichotomy of like, hey, sometimes you gotta exercise some tactical patience. And that means, I'm going to wait and let things develop before I actually make the call uh, to, to, to move the team in in the direction. So talk to that leader about that. And he he listened to the advice and and understood it and, and and kind of waited and just started playing the long game by building some relationships, seeing, you know, where, where he could help in that situation. And, uh, and, and eventually about uh, a couple months down the road, um, the opportunity to step in that role was, was, was offered.
0: What made you lean towards giving the advice of, Hey, t- t- take it. easy. just, <laughs> would you just take it easy? What, what made you lean in that direction versus going, Hey, opportunities there. Yep. Roll in there and go, go default aggressive and let's make this happen. What was it that indicated you in the situation to, Take a, a less aggressive approach.
1: Yeah, I think what what drove that guidance was understanding that that the company was in a tough situation already, and and that there was probably some some real strategic uh, decisions that had to get made, um, and that 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 filling that role immediately was not going to be a priority. Like that that, that was pretty clear. I think from my detached perspective, um, because we see that a lot. We're we're
0: leaders. So because you assessed that that role might not even get replaced, I mean, look, during COVID, somebody leaves, you're like, cool, we just, we just took a big payroll off, the, we just took a big, a big chunk of pay off of our overhead. So you're thinking, hey, it's probably not a good time to waste leadership capital trying to jump up and yell, hey, pick me, pick me. Yeah, so leadership capital is exactly why I, and that's
1: a great way of capturing it because he, in, in my mind it was very clear that that what he needed to do was build a better relationship with the big boss man Like hey boss, where can I support? I'm standing by, you know, like I'm standing
0: by what, what do you need? You think know? about the difference Think about the difference Of what you think of these two people one person says hey boss, I want that job, pick me. The other other individual says, hey boss, this is a tough time, what can I do to support? Think about those two people and and how you view them. And it's so obvious when you take that step back and you you put yourself into the shoes of your boss and you see your boss's perspective, it makes the answer very clear. Because we all know that the person that comes out looking for me, 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 instead of looking for team, 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 how can I help? we we don't want that person and, now, and does that mean you don't show any initiative and you don't you know might you know you you don't ever say hey i got this i'll tell you what i would much rather show you that i want to step up and lead than tell you i want to step up and lead I, 10 times over i'd much rather if i got two people working for me and there's a leadership opportunity and one person tells me they want to lead and the other person starts taking ownership and leading it's a no brainer who i'm going to pick so that's uh once again, that's some solid advice.
1: I was just gonna say, what you're saying there is it's tactical versus strategic, right? The tactical is like, hey, I might get this job. I'm, let me lobby to get myself in that position, even if that you might think that's the best for the team. Versus strategic thinking, like, hey, let me demonstrate that I'm here to support the team, uh, and it's going to be pretty clear through my my success. I'll earn the opportunity to take that position, or I won't. You know, and and uh, if, if if I don't earn it, then that's that's on me. Yeah. Don't, don't hire me. But thinking strategically is, is obviously is going to set you up for success every time. I mean, and that's, well, you got asked that question at uh, uh, muster last year
0: uh, at one of our musters, like, when should I be thinking tactically? When should I be thinking strategically? <laughs> yeah. And I gave the overly hostile answer of you should be thinking strategically
1: all the time.
0: Got fired up for that one. Uh, This also reminds me of of a chapter in Leadership Strategy and Tactics. The title of the chapter is Don't Go Overboard, Rambo. (laughs) You want to be a leader. That's great, but don't be offensive about it. What does that mean? It means don't run around saying, I'm the leader, I'm the leader, I'm in charge. Listen to me. I'll make the decisions. That attitude will offend many people. It's the equivalent of look at me, I'm important, and it doesn't go over well. Rambo might be a cool movie character, but charging out alone uh, without regard for others doesn't work in a team environment. So there you go. Gotta watch out for that one. Don't go overboard, Rambo. Which is, by the way, uh, Rambo is a, is a very derogatory term to call someone in the SEAL teams. Hey, what are you doing over there, Rambo? Well, that's how it gets used. You don't go. Dude, nice work, Rambo. <laughs> so sorry there, John J. Rambo. Although uh,
1: we did, Mark Mark Lee often quoted uh, uh, Rambo. What mean
0: expendable? <laughs> uh, all right. So my turn here, and I, you know, lately I've been talking a lot about about culture being the ultimate form of decentralized command. I I know that I talked about it when we were at Gettysburg. I know I've talked about it at EF Online. And what's awesome about culture is it's the ultimate form of decentralized command. If my organization has a strong culture, then everyone can make decisions just based on the understanding of that culture. And that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, if you go a little bit stronger, a really strong culture can actually develop into something that I, the, something that I've read that is officially called peer discipline, which I, I, I didn't call, I didn't used to call it peer discipline. I guess that's the official politically correct term. The, the term that I've always used, and I'm sure you've heard me say this is gang mentality. And, and what's positive about having a strong culture and what's positive about peer discipline and what's positive about a gang mentality is that the gang polices itself that's what's awesome about having a strong gang mentality inside of a team is that the gang actually polices itself it takes care of itself it's a self-policing Organization. So when someone was late in tasking a bruiser, I didn't. I didn't ever say anything to anyone for being late, because the gang tighten them up. If someone forgot a piece of gear for an important operation, I didn't ever have to say a word because the gang tighten them up. If somebody did something that denigrated the team, the platoon, the task unit, I didn't have to say. I didn't have to say a word because the gang would handle the problem. Because we had this culture. And, and, and as a leader, that's what you want. Because as we lead, we want to be leading by minimum force, by the minimum force required. And every time you have to open your mouth to reprimand somebody, you actually lose leadership capital. Even a little tiny thing. Even a little tiny thing. Anytime you have to correct someone, you expend leadership capital. So we want to have that gang mentality. So the, then the question becomes, okay, how do we create that culture? And it's very hard to script and create a culture and impose it on people. It's very difficult. It, takes, it will take generations to pull that off, in my opinion. It's, but if you, can, if you can have it develop in an organic manner, that will take hold tighter. Now, make no mistake, just because I'm saying you can't impose it on people doesn't mean that it doesn't come from you, because it does. And what's awesome about this, when I say it comes from you, I mean you, and it doesn't matter where you are in the chain of command, you are in charge of culture. Leif, I I hear you talking about this sometimes. I will say, I was never in a bad SEAL platoon. And first of all, people gotta understand that there is such a thing as a bad SEAL platoon. And it might not be that they're a total disaster, but they're not a tight unit, and they don't do a good job. They do an okay job, they're acceptable, but they're not what you want. They're not, they're not how you want it to be. And that's because in every platoon I was in, I always had a little gang of guys. You know, and no, I'm not just talking about me, I'm talking, I, I hung around with good guys, and we created this culture. And when you have that good culture it's a powerful thing but but culture isn't one big monolithic singular structure it's not one person it's more like a field like a giant field made up of individual blades of grass but you take that whole field and you know I'm coming back from being out west and you see these majestic fields and that thing, when you see all those blades of grass unified together, that thing has power and that thing has energy and that thing has strength and every one of those blades of grass actually matters just like every person inside of an organization matters. So if you are part of a team, then you actually set the culture. I don't care where you are. And we always hear the the quote leading by example. We always hear that quote, you know, you got to lead by example. But that is especially true when we're talking about culture. Because how we behave and what we actually do, what we actually do, how we behave and what we actually do is the root of culture. And if we can set the right culture and we can thereby imply the right intent, then we can have people making decisions. With no guidance whatsoever. With no guidance whatsoever. You mentioned on the podcast we just did that my goal is to go out on an operation and not say a damn word. And that was my goal. Because if we're pulling that off, that means everybody understands the culture and everybody already knows the right thing to do. So we have to pay attention to that when we're part of a team but on top of that there's another place where you set the culture and that is in yourself you set culture in the way you behave in yourself the things that you actually do what you allow yourself to be, the words you speak, the things you say and the things you don't say. That sets the culture in your head, in your mind, and in your life. So pay attention. Pay attention to those little things pay attention to every little blade of grass in your head pay attention to what you do not just to make your culture better or your team better but to make yourself better probably a good place to stop and if you well anything on that
1: i it's not what you preach what you tolerate i mean that's that's exactly you know what we wrote in extreme ownership and it's uh that is what that's driving the culture you're maintaining the standards uh but obviously the hardest place to apply that and the most important place is yourself and if if you are setting that standard um you know i mean that's that's just the way it's going to be you know and and we had that in tasking and bruiser because you set that at the very top of the organization and and it was something we all took great pride in like hey man are we gonna stay up all night get this thing done yeah if that's what it takes yes we'll do it no factor that's not even a question we don't need to ask you if that's what we're gonna do hey jocko we just got tasked with this uh you know with this this uh this this target package here you know should we just hang out and do nothing and just start planning uh, tomorrow night like we didn't even ask the question because we knew what the answer was we knew what the right call was you set that tone and, and and we were able to make those decisions
0: yeah it's it's you know i got very lucky in the fact that when i was young and i and i i watched the leaders above me and i watched them very acutely with a with a with a with a critical eye and I watched I watched the, when, when they were late, I watched when they were when they forgot a piece of gear, I watched when their face revealed the negative attitude. I watched those things. I tracked those things. And when I got into a leadership position, I, I could feel those eyes. I could feel those eyes. Cause I knew, I knew what those eyes were. I knew who they were. And, and that is the thing that I always had and still have in the back of my mind. If you've got people on your team that are counting on you, they're watching. So you've gotta do the right things. Anything else? probably a good place that was a good place to stop and listen if you're out there and you want to dig deeper into all aspects of leadership in in any arena you can join Leif and myself and the rest of the echelon front team at efonline.com, where we solve problems through leadership there's we, we have courses on there that you can take we get granular on these various principles that we utilize in combat and that we help organizations utilize all the time every day so there's courses on there there's also live Q&A's there's other little seminars that we do on certain subject matters what else what else is there We have got the brigade, which is our, our member only
1: leadership forum, which is awesome. So you not only can engage with me or Jocko or any of the echelon front instructor team, but with leaders from all over the world, from pretty much all industries you can imagine uh, to really help, help solve problems, which is awesome.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I I haven't been talking about much and I feel bad because it's just such a powerful tool is look EF online is open to enterprise clients. If you've got a company, there is, there is, ground zero for moving your company in the right direction ground zero is having a common language to discuss leadership and problems of leadership and solutions of leadership so right out of the gate you know if you've got a company of 50 people or 500 people or 5,000 people let's get them aligned let's get everyone on the same sheet of music of what it means to be a leader and so I, I know I haven't been talking about that very much, and we've got some some of our, the reason I'm thinking about this is, is some of our enterprise clients and just seeing them get that alignment is just a powerful thing. So if you want to do that, we got enterprise options. If you're just an individual out there that wants to improve your leadership, just go to EFonline.com and check that out. We also have a, a leadership consultancy where we come into your organization, which we do physically and virtually is that the right word do we debate the virtually word we
1: did debate that for a while yeah you didn't like virtual initially yeah but it's it's a pretty commonly
0: used term that we're not well, doing th- it in person but through the internet i think that's what that's what you you were trying to explain to me in 19 different ways into my hard head was like hey Jonko, what you're trying to explain is called virtual <laughs> training so yeah so we we do it virtually we also come into go into businesses we we will work with Every level of your chain of command, we'll do an assessment, we'll interview people, we'll find out where the friction points are, and we will help you solve those friction points through leadership. Also have a bunch of books on the subject of leadership. Extreme Ownership, The Dichotomy of Leadership, Leadership Strategy and Tactics. Got some other podcasts. I got a podcast called Jocko Podcast. Another podcast called Jocko Unraveling. I'm going to unravel those words in my mouth. we got a podcast called Grounded and the Warrior Kid Podcast. And if you want to support any of these podcasts, including this one, you can get some gear from jockostore.com or originmain.com. Thanks for listening to The Debrief. Now go lead. This is Leif and Jocko. Out.